The greatest story ever told is a true story. It is a story of adventures, battles, kings and queens, heroes and villains, good and evil, history and prophecy. It is your story. Come join the adventure of the Bible story. Chapter 205 Paul's First Ministerial Journey God's church in Antioch grew vigorously because of the spiritual character of the leading ministers and prophets living there. These leading men included Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, a city near Libya in North Africa, Manian, who was foster brother to Herod Antipas and Saul. These men were wholeheartedly dedicated to serving God and his saints in Antioch. They fasted and prayed fervently for Jesus Christ's direction and guidance. These dynamic leaders were urgent in their desire to spread the gospel of the kingdom of God to the Gentiles. During a time of fasting, Jesus Christ sent a message to his servants in Antioch through his Holy Spirit. Barnabas and Saul were to be set apart from the others to take Christ's message to more Gentile cities, north and west of Jerusalem. Antioch would become the headquarters of the work to the Gentiles, as Jerusalem was the headquarters for the work to the Jews and the lost ten tribes of Israel. What an exciting development for the church at Antioch. It was a time of tremendous joy because of the expansion of their work, but it was also a sobering time. The two men Christ chose would have serious work to accomplish. There were sure to be hardships, and of course, Barnabas and Saul would be sorely missed. All the Antioch leaders fasted again. Afterward, they laid their hands on Barnabas and Saul and sent them on their way. The members faithfully kept the two of them in their daily prayers. They all knew that praying fervently was their part to ensure the success of their trip. Barnabas and Saul did not hesitate to start their new commission. They organized what was needed for their journey. Knowing they would likely need some personal assistance, they invited John Mark to accompany them. The three men walked to Antioch's port city, Seleucia, by the sea, and purchased passage on a boat to the island of Cyprus. Their first journey for Jesus Christ had begun. As they departed Seleucia and Antioch, Saul looked out over the beauty of the sea that lay before them. What an opportunity I have been given. The now mature Christian thought. It had been about 12 years since his conversion outside the walls of Damascus. A new phase of my life is about to begin, he whispered. He had heard about this still unwritten chapter of his life directly from Jesus Christ. Get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to choose you as my servant, 
There will be times that I will need to rescue you from the people of Israel and from the Gentiles to whom I will send you. You are to open their eyes and turn them from the darkness to the light and from the power of Satan to God, so that through their faith in me they will have their sins forgiven and receive their place among God's chosen people. Saul knew he had been rescued from hostile Jews twice. He understood that he would face more trials from the Gentiles. This did not matter to him. He was willing to endure anything to serve Jesus Christ. Saul, you are deep in thought again, Barnabas said, intending to startle his friend and fellow worker. Barnabas held great affection for this energetic, educated, and warm-hearted man. Sorry, Barnabas. I was just thinking about what is likely ahead of us, Saul responded. Exciting, isn't it? His faithful friend said. I think we should start preaching on the first Sabbath we arrive at Salamis, and, and then work our way west to the port city of Paphos. Cyprus was home to Barnabas. He knew the small, populated, and prosperous island country well. The island was proud of its 15 major cities. It was famous for its fruits, agricultural products, and forests of useful timber. Many Jews lived there. Some believers had moved there to escape the persecution in Jerusalem. Because Barnabas was somewhat older than Saul, he was considered to be in charge of the journey. Saul nodded at Barnabas' suggestion. John Mark can obtain housing and provisions for us as we locate the city synagogues, he said. The two men continued their discussion as the sun slid below the Mediterranean horizon. Upon arriving at the port city of Salamis, Barnabas and Saul, both now recognized as apostles, immediately went to work. According to custom, they started preaching in the Jewish synagogues. Their preaching made such an impact that news about their message spread as far west as Paphos, the opposite side of the island. Even the proconsul of the island, who had his headquarters there, greatly desired to hear the word of God. He sent a message to them to come and visit him. Arriving at Paphos, the seat of the pagan worship of the goddess Aphrodite, Barnabas and Saul set out to visit the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, who was considered a very wise man. However, God's apostles were opposed by a Jew named Elimus by Jesus. He was a sorcerer like Simon Magus. Elimus wanted to prevent Sergius Paulus from converting to the faith taught by Barnabas and Saul. The two apostles located the palace of Sergius Paulus. As they approached the entrance gate, a man stepped into their path, blocking the way. It was the magician, Elimus. Who are you and why have you come here? He asked with a good measure of intimidation. We are Barnabas and Saul. We have been invited here by the proconsul. Answered Barnabas. Who are you? I am Elimas Bar-Jesus, the proconsul's spiritual advisor. Do you think you can sway this man to your beliefs? I will not allow it. 
he exclaimed. Saul responded forcefully. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, he set his eyes on the arrogant sorcerer and spoke with boldness. You son of the devil, you are the enemy of everything that is good. You are full of evil tricks, and you continually try to turn the Lord's truths into lies. Elamus stepped back. The Lord's hand will come down on you now. Saul continued. You will be blind and will not see the light of day for a time. Immediately, a dark mist covered Elamus's eyes, leaving him to stumble about as he tried to find someone to lead him by the hand. This was a stunning demonstration of spiritual maturity, authority, and power. It was obvious that Christ was working powerfully with Saul. It was almost as if he had become a new man. In fact, from this point forward, he was called and even referred to in the biblical account by a new name, Paul. Their path now cleared of demonic obstruction. Paul and Barnabas continued walking toward the gate of Sergius Paulus' residence. The two men were surprised to see their proconsul waiting for them at the gate. Sergius had seen the whole event take place. He looked stunned after witnessing such a display of righteous authority. He was thrilled to have these two men of God visit him. Paul and Barnabas allowed plenty of time to explain the good news of the kingdom of God to the Roman official. After seeing what had happened to Elimus and hearing the two apostles teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ, the governor believed Sergius Paulus's conversion was the most important event to take place while Paul and Barnabas were on the island of Cyprus. He was the first Roman proconsul to convert to Christianity. Even though Barnabas had been the elder and more experienced of the two, this incident with Elimus made it clear that Jesus Christ was fulfilling his prophecy that Paul was the chosen chief apostle to the Gentiles. Even Barnabas could now recognize that Paul was Christ's chosen leader of the first mission to the Gentiles. He was not at all discontented to be under Paul's leadership as they sailed from Cyprus to Perga in the Asian province of Pamphylia. However, for some reason, John Mark departed from them and returned to Jerusalem. After spending a short time in Perga, Paul and Barnabas traveled to a city in Pisidia located in the Roman province of Galatia, called Antioch, different from the one in Syria. When they arrived, they first found housing and then outlined their plan for visiting its synagogues. Being high in the mountains, this large city had fresh air and was surrounded by inspiring scenery. As they walked the streets, Paul enjoyed seeing the Greek and Roman architecture. Barnabas delighted in tasting the delicious local food. The population included Greeks, Romans, Jews, and local citizens. The two apostles recognized that it was the perfect place to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to many people.
By the time the Sabbath arrived, the two men were well rested from traveling. They eagerly walked to a synagogue and sat down. According to custom, the leader of the synagogue read from two sections of the Hebrew Bible, the Law and the Prophets. After completing the readings, he looked at Paul and Barnabas. You men and brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it, he said. Paul immediately stood up. Thank you for this opportunity. Please listen carefully to what I have to tell you. He stated with authority. He proceeded to give a summary of Israel's history, much the way he had witnessed the deacon Stephen do many years before, which led to his stoning. He recounted God bringing them out of Egypt, leading them through the wilderness, and finally into the promised land. He spoke of the period of the judges, followed by the arrival of the prophet Samuel and of King Saul. He then reminded them of King David and how he was a man after God's own heart. Paul's excitement grew as he led his audience to the truth about Jesus Christ. It was Jesus, a descendant of David, whom God made the Savior of the people of Israel, as he had promised. Paul stated boldly. Paul assumed that some in the synagogue had heard about Jesus of Nazareth. He wasn't surprised that some paid even closer attention at hearing the name of Jesus. He also spoke of John the Baptist, whom more of them had heard of, affirming Christ's preeminence. He then explained with passion. My fellow Israelites, descendants of Abraham, and all Gentiles here who worship God, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. For the people who live in Jerusalem and their leaders did not know that he is the Savior, nor did they understand the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Yet they made the prophets' words come true by condemning Jesus. Even Barnabas was deeply inspired by Paul's masterful delivery. Paul did not go into the horrific details of Jesus' scourging and crucifixion, but he reminded them that Jesus had been murdered and buried. But God raised him from the dead, he said. A few men gasped at hearing that Jesus had been resurrected from the dead. For many days, he appeared to those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now witnesses for him to the people of Israel. Paul said enthusiastically, And we are here to bring the good news to you. What God promised our ancestors he would do, he has now done for us by raising Jesus to life. Paul said, He showed how Christ's resurrection fulfilled specific prophecies from King David in the Psalms. All of you, my fellow Israelites, must realize that it is through Jesus that the message about forgiveness of sins is preached to you. Let it be known that everyone who believes in him is set free from all sins which the law of Moses could not do. Paul stated with real joy in his voice, Take care then, so that what the prophet said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, be astonished and die, for what I am doing today is something that you will not believe, even when someone explains it to you. 
Paul concluded with a serious warning. After the Jews left the synagogue, some of the Gentiles lingered outside, waiting for Paul and Barnabas. As the two men were leaving, these people invited them to return the next Sabbath and tell them more about the word of God. As Paul and Barnabas walked toward their lodging, many of the Jews and many Gentiles who had been converted to Judaism followed them, hoping to speak with them. Both men encouraged these people to continue living in the grace of God. As the Sabbath day ended, Paul was both excited and tired. During their evening meal, he and Barnabas talked cheerfully about what they had experienced. Christ had given them great success. I wonder what next Sabbath will bring, Paul thought, just before he drifted off to sleep. Paul and Barnabas spent much time during the next week praying in preparation for the meeting to come. Paul prepared a follow-up message on God's plan of salvation. Barnabas meditated on the potential counseling that might be necessary to help people remain faithful to the new truth they would hear. He discussed his thoughts with Paul. The Sabbath day seemed to come so quickly. Both men woke up before dawn on that Sabbath day. They prayed urgently together for God's intervention at the synagogue. Both expected to spend a large portion of the Sabbath with the people. They knew the need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They prayed for wisdom and for God's power to give them strength. Filled with enthusiasm, the two apostles hurried to the synagogue. When they arrived, they were shocked at the huge crowd waiting for them. Nearly the entire city had come to hear Paul speak. Clearly, Jesus Christ had inspired these people to come. What a fantastic opportunity to reach so many people. Paul found a location where he could best be heard. He began speaking with warm passion. When the Jews saw the crowds, however, they became filled with jealousy. They loudly and openly disputed what Paul was saying and insulted him. They blasphemed the sacred word of God. However, nothing was going to stop God's men. It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken first to you, Paul and Barnabas said boldly. But since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we will leave you and go to the Gentiles. For this is the commandment that the Eternal has given us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, so that all the world may be saved. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and praised the Lord's message. Those who had been chosen for eternal life became believers. What might have appeared to hurt the work of Paul and Barnabas did exactly the opposite. 
The word of Jesus Christ spread throughout the region. Just as when Paul persecuted the church in Jerusalem, Christ ensured the persecution was used to spread the word of God rapidly. The Jews were so furious with Paul and Barnabas that they stirred up against them the leading men of the city, along with the Gentile women of high social standing who worshipped God. Their devilish malice for Paul and Barnabas became so heated that the leaders had them thrown out of the region around Antioch. The apostles shook the dust off their feet and left. However, the believers in Antioch were full of joy and the Holy Spirit. Paul and Barnabas were not discouraged. They knew the work must keep moving forward. They immediately started walking the 80-mile trek southeast to Iconium. Arriving in Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went to the synagogue and spoke to a great multitude of Jews and Greeks. A large number believed. However, the same thing that had happened at Antioch happened in Iconium. The Jews who did not believe Paul and Barnabas's message stirred up the Gentiles of the city against them and the believers. However, Paul and Barnabas stayed in Iconium for a long time. They boldly delivered the message of Jesus Christ. Christ backed his apostles' preaching by giving them the power to perform signs and wonders. The city became divided over Paul and Barnabas. Some sided with the Jews against them. Others stood in favor of the two men of God. God's apostles were making a significant impact on the people of Iconium. Those who grew to hate Paul and Barnabas planned to execute them by stoning. The apostles became aware of the plan and fled 20 miles south to Lystra in Lycaonia. Paul and Barnabas wasted no time. They were urgent to get God's message out to the people. Lystra was a prominent Roman city. Its population was made up mostly of Romans and Lycaonians. A few Jews lived in the city, but it does not appear there was a synagogue there. Still, the apostles immediately began to preach the gospel. One pious Jewish family living in Lystra listened intently to what Paul and Barnabas taught. This family was made up of a widow named Eunice, her mother Lois, and an older teenager son named Timothy. Timothy's father was Greek, which is why he had a Greek name and had not been circumcised according to Jewish tradition. Lois believed first, then Eunice and Timothy followed her sterling example. Paul and Barnabas got to know this family well while in Lystra. Their loving support and prayers were a great comfort to them. Many disciples were converted at Lystra and several significant miracles took place there. One day, when Paul was preaching in Lystra, a man who was lame in his feet from birth listened intently to what Paul was saying. Paul noticed 
that the lame man was paying close attention to his every word. He also perceived, through the Holy Spirit, that this man had the faith to be healed. Paul briefly interrupted his speaking. Stand up, on your feet. He said loudly, the man leaped up and walked. When the people saw what Paul had done, they were awestruck. The gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. They said in the Laconian language, they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. The people were so excited over the healing of the lame man that they informed the priests of Jupiter whose temple stood just outside the gates of the city about what had happened. The priests brought oxen and garlands into the city to sacrifice with the people to worship Paul and Barnabas. When God's apostles heard what was about to take place, they tore their clothes and began running among the people to stop the idolatrous event. Sirs, why are you doing this? Paul yelled as loudly as he could. Some had already started dancing and singing. We are men just like you. We have our own faults and sins. Paul continued. Barnabas ran through the crowd saying the same thing. We are here to teach you that you should turn away from doing these useless religious acts. You must turn to the living God who created everything in the heavens and on the earth and in the sea. Some of the crowd stopped celebrating and started listening again. Still, the apostles could hardly keep the crowd from offering a sacrifice to them. Then something terrible happened. The wily Jews from Antioch and Iconium showed up in the city. News of Paul and Barnabas's success in Lystra had reached them, likely thanks to dissenting Jews in the city. The Jews from Antioch and Lystra stirred up the people against Paul and Barnabas. These Jews were good at starting trouble for God's work. The crowd, once joyous over Paul, turned against him. At the suggestion of the Jews, they stoned him. Then they dragged him out of the city and left him in a heap, believing he was dead. However, there was one more incredible miracle to take place that day. The morning disciples went out of the city and surrounded Paul's body. It is possible that Lois, Eunice, and young Timothy were among them. Instantly, Paul stood up. The disciples were stunned. They encouraged Paul to make his way to safety as quickly as possible. Instead, Paul insisted that his work in the city was not yet finished. They were astounded and concerned as he boldly walked back into the city. When those who had stoned Paul saw him, they were terrified and ran away from him. Some still believed he was a god in human form. Paul forcefully demonstrated that he would not be intimidated by their persecution. The next morning, Paul and Barnabas began their trip to Derby, east of Lystra.
At Derby, the two apostles preached the gospel to the city. They spent time teaching many individuals. Knowing that their work was done in Derby, Paul decided to return to Antioch in Syria. He organized their return trip to go back the same way they had come. This gave the two men the opportunity to visit and strengthen the disciples on their way home. So they stopped at Lystra, Iconium, and Pisidian Antioch. Remember, Paul said in each city, we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. The disciples listened carefully to what Paul said. He set the perfect example of patiently enduring much tribulation. In each city, Paul and Barnabas established churches and ordained elders to serve God's people. They prayed and fasted and then entrusted the new ministers to God. Paul knew that spiritually strong and faithful local ministers are necessary to keep local congregations stable. The chief apostle to the Gentiles did his part in carefully selecting these men. Now, the ministers had to do their part to remain close to Jesus Christ. It had been nearly two years since Paul and Barnabas had left Antioch in Syria. Both looked forward to returning to their home base of operations. After working their way through Pisidia, they came to the province of Pamphylia. They spent time preaching at Perga. They made the short journey to the port city of Italia and purchased passage on a boat to Syrian Antioch. While sailing, Paul and Barnabas reflected on and discussed the work they had accomplished on their journey. Both agreed that from the day Jesus Christ separated them to do this task, it had been equally thrilling and difficult. The one lesson we must remember is that Jesus Christ stood with us every step of our way. Paul said with feeling, What an honor to work so closely with Jesus Christ. Barnabas nodded. He planned to keep that thought always in the forefront of his thinking. I'm going to begin writing these lessons down. He added, I believe that God the Father and Christ are having us do historic things. Don't you think it would be important to record them? Paul mentioned, Yes, God has always inspired his people to keep historical records. Barnabas said, Arriving at Antioch, Paul and Barnabas organized a special meeting for the disciples. They told them all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. They spent a long time in Antioch, where they were able to rest and renew their relationships with the members. It didn't take long for Paul to discover that something very disturbing had happened at Antioch while he was gone. to be continued in our next episode and continue the adventure by reading the Bible story. Find it under the Resources tab at pcg.church. Resources